Hello, this is Katherine Cunningham. Thank you for joining us for the Natural Intelligence Worldwide Podcast. Today, a few days ahead of World Day to combat desertification, we have with us someone who knows how to be resilient in the face of extreme climate and an ever-changing, harsh environment. She is Hindao Ibrahim, Chair of the Association for Indigenous Women and Peoples of Chad. I caught up with her at the annual meeting of the World Economic Forum in Davos and asked her why it was especially important for Indigenous people to be part of creating a new architecture for the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Let's hear what she has to say. I am sitting here with Hindu Ibrahim, who is the chair of the Association for Indigenous Women and Peoples of Chad. Welcome. Thank you. Tell me, how important in this meeting to the theme of shaping the new architecture for globalization points to inclusivity? How important is it that the indigenous voice is at the table of these discussions on new technologies, on problem solving for the environment? not just as window dressing, but actually as essential voices that carry the natural intelligence of your experience We're living directly with in the natural world. Well, thank you for the invitation. So, uh, indigenous people's voices, it's very important to do not only be in the tables as we have quota or just to include someone to be sitting there to say like, okay, we invite them. But indigenous people's voices is much important to contribute and guide the decision that they are taking here. Because the decision taken by few peoples about our economy, about our sustainability, about our life, is taken on behalf of all the entire planet. And then within this planet, the indigenous peoples play a big roles because we are the one who are keeping our biodiversity diverse and healthy and sustainable with our knowledge. So when I came and participate here, we talk a lot about the four industrialized revolution. So it's like technology revolution we are talking about. And then I just go back from my mind. We have the first one already. We have the second, the third. So how much place that indigenous peoples had on those previous? All the entire planet change which role that we play. We play a big role who are not figuring out and what they did, but who are back home. We play the role to being a guardian of all the nature, all the ecosystem around the places, but it's not highlighted and it's not recognized. So the 4.0 industrialized revolutions have to include, recognize, but respect what we have been doing for centuries. So in different way, it has to include the dimension of discussion on environment, environment protections, and protection of the peoples who are living in this environment. That's our rights. We have to take the dimension of the sustainability, but define what is the sustainability. Sustainability is not only being like we have to shift all to eat organic food. No, because we grow up on the organic way. Why it is have to change now and become like a branding of someone or somebody or we have to put it also into the market. This is a human rights for us. So as indigenous peoples attending of the meeting, it's saying that we do not also have to shift our life and giving it to the technology. We create the technology. The technology is created by human beings. And why the technology have to command the human being? We have to be the opposite side. Technology have to be only as tools. 
and we have to guide these tools and put them in the right way. So when I see like how the communication is evolving around the world, I say this is the beat of technology. But when I see how the technology growing just to destroy the nature, like the machine that we are creating that are helping to like cut all the fish in the ocean in one time or cutting the entire hectares of forest in like one hour. I said, do we really need those kind of technology? Because Not this technology those. are destroying our life. So human beings are very intelligent. And we are talking about artificial intelligence. I said, like, come on, guys. We don't need artificial intelligence. We need, we need the indigenous intelligence because right. we are intelligent and we are creating it. And let me give you the example of our indigenous intelligence. It's through the weather casting. That's the only thing, like, all the peoples, when you wake up, you want to see if it is sunny or raining or snowing, or whatever to make a plan of your life. You can be in developed country or developing country. You can be poor or rich. You have to see what's going to look your day when you just open your eyes. So the technology developed for the developed countries and the privileged peoples to get access in the smartphone, like in an app, who can show them all this information in a second. But for the community like mine, the indigenous peoples who do not have this privilege of getting access to the internet or to the app or even to the school to know how to read it, our app is the nature. Our intelligence is help us to develop how we can observe the trees, the flowers, the fruits, the birds migration, the animal crying, the sound that they make, the insect, the reproduction of all those animals, the sky, the stars. So through all this, we found exact identifications to give us the weather cast. So for us, importantly, the weather cast is not like the daily one. If it's going to be sunny, I wear my sunglasses, or is it going to rain, I take my umbrella. No. For us, the weather cast is seasonal because seasons are very important. So we have the rain season who allow it, the ecosystem to get regenerated, the crops to grow up, the animals to be feeding, drinking water, and that gives us the livelihood and gives us the healthy. So when we observe all those nature to give us the exact information about if the rain season is going to be heavy, is going to be normal, is going to start or not, that's help us to plan our life and that's help us to plan our adaptation. So that's how it's important the indigenous intelligence who can help you to survive, but not only to protect your eyes or your head from the rain or from the sun. Can you speak to me about the importance of connecting your voice to a larger global community and, and being able to amplify that indigenous knowledge? I think sharing this the way we're supposed to live, but sharing in the equitable way. 
not only like indigenous people sharing, but others also sharing with us. Right. So valuing it's have to that be valuing this intelligence and recognizing it and supporting it and protecting it. So for me, how the global community can protect those knowledge that we have. They can protect it by protecting the environment because this observation we have from the nature, if the nature is destroyed, we can no longer have it. And that's what's starting to happening in many places. And I can give you also the example of my regions. When the climate impact is visible, and you can see like the bigger examples is around the Lake Chad. The lake has 25,000 kilometers square of water. It's like 90-60. My mom was young. Actually now, just so 50 years later, 90% of the water evaporated. We have only left between 1,000 and 2,000 kilometers square of the water. 10% left of the 10% lake of Chad, an entire lake. The entire lake, <laughs> just a half of generation. And then suddenly we have with the growing populations, we have more than 40 million people depending on it. So all the ecosystem that's there is disappearing and disappearing with a lot of knowledge that we have. Personally, I remember exactly the kind of herb that we have would disappear and suddenly forever. The kind of species as insect would disappear, bears where you can see them like hundreds and thousands of them a day. Now you see only like one every month or every year or you cannot see them who become much vulnerable like you see how the ecosystem are destroying and then the big animals that living around this place they migrated and not only animal migrate but human migration so it's become like a internal migration who create a conflict between the communities Oh, that's so, so all these point. environmental degradations and accelerating conflict that we are living so need to be handled by this global community because they have to save this human intelligence, indigenous intelligence, who's so helpful for the nature, helpful for the entire world by saving this environment and saving those peoples. And of course, we want to have access to all the facility. Firstly, the educations. Educations, I say education, and education is the most important for everybody. Because we say like, all oh, population in Africa is growing up very quickly, like one woman have like eight or 10 children compared to the other places. We don't have food to feed them. It's normal narrative for me, all this discourse. You can never ask someone to stop at least something who can keep him alive. Well, in the way to spiral the, out of a Yeah, when they have is. nothing. But when you send women to school, the girl to go to school, you just to make her escape from the early marriage, you make her understand the medicine that she needs for her kids, you make her understand that she don't have to make 10 kids, but she have to make maybe three or four because she have to handle them on education and her place. So you make the entire community educate or what they want. Well, and also education is the key that unlocks the sustainability cycle. 
that essentially allows you to spiral out of a poverty situation because you're now allowing people the opportunity Absolutely. But education, but education is not all the education. Because I did this study in my community in 2010 and seeing like why they do not send the kids to school. And then what I found there is like, no, wrong. They want to send all the kids to school, but they don't want to send kids to school who's not adapt to the life that they want. Because when we wake up at the morning, the little girl helped the mom, the little boy helped the dad, until nine. And then the other life starts to continue. So they don't, don't want to have the school who can start from seven, ending to 12. Because them kids cannot get the traditional way of education, they cannot help them. So they say they want the school who can adapt to them life. They can go maybe from nine or from 10, and then until the evening, it's fine. And then they don't want to have the school, like uh, no school Sunday, Saturday, and then there is a school Monday to Friday, no. Because Monday, maybe Tuesday, it's a market day, and then if it is market day, like all the elder peoples have to leave the cattle, leave the young, and then go a kilometer to kilometers to the market. market. Right. And then that doesn't matter that kids go to school Sunday. So I they're mean, not all. able to go to school so, on the market days, and it's yeah, really important yeah. to understand so how that. how this school can be adapted to them life. And another important thing that they taught me, the curricula need to get adapted to what they want. They right. don't want to go to school and then learn about the France history or Second World War that do not talk to them or do not connect them. They want to have the school who can tell them how to manage their natural resources, how to manage the water, how to mitigate the conflict, how, how to, to manage build. them own life, but how to do the accounting because they want to count and know all them bills. So they, well, they and also how the they can take advantage. Them. Exactly, how they can the take the advantage. So this education needs to be implemented for them and it will be the benefit for the entire world where it's adapted to the community and to what they want. That sent me directly to discussions of which kind of development that world wants, which kind of sustainability that we want. So which kind of definition that we have when we right. say well-being, uh, when we say like development, when we say all those issues. So for the community, they don't want to have like the big building and all full of glasses and with the AC or with the heat or whatever. No. So well-being for us is having access to your natural resources, to your land, to your territories, communicate, and then live your life with your children. So that's all right. what they ask for. Well, back to your point on migration, this is just brilliant, is that you know, we, we forget that most people wouldn't want to leave their home and go travel to a foreign place and actually the journey itself could be quite lethal and so, you know, to the extent that we're able to protect these homes in which we Absolutely. live, then you won't have these sorts of strains put on the system, put on different communities with migration. And at the same time, we also forget, you know, the conflict in Syria started when farmers from the rural communities moved into the urban environment and sort of put pressure on the urban environment in the cities in Damascus. And then, you know, you had the, the conflict arise and take off. And now you have, I don't know how many millions of migrants in, in the Kingdom of Jordan, right. so how disruptive is that whole system and all at the beginning of the day we needed to do is figure out how to, I guess, help Syria deal with the droughts, the yeah. reoccurring droughts in that period of time. 
actually when you take like the Middle East and uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, all the migration and all the conflict are based in those places. Really? And then the conflict in those places have the origin through the natural resources that's shrinking. I know exactly like Sudan, the fresh water and all the access of the lands make all these Darfur issues for a decade of civil war. And then now it's becoming all the big issues, like all the migration through Libya and where they are treating people. Are, and this century, slavery is going on again. But never people is stopped to go back. Never people is stopped to try to migrate to another places. To fix that, they don't want to go. I mean, how do we fix that? How people we... want to stay. We don't have only like us family, like mom and dad and children. For us, family is here. You have cousin, cousin, you have nieces, you have grandma, you have all the people. Where do you want to live with them? So to fix it is just to, to create the appropriate environment for the people there, starting by creating an adequate job for the younger generation. When the young generation do not see the features in right. the place, they have to look for the feature in another place. So to create these features, it's help them with what they have already. They have the knowledge of all the places, of all the environment, but they don't have tools, they don't have technology, they don't have capacity of finance, or they don't have expertise of some issues. Right. So how to help them to restore the land in the natural way? And then everybody would love to sit in his place. Do you think that someone who born and grow up in 40 degree want to go and live in minus 20? Like, no <laughs> and way. From their no way. And, all and their far from the families, from the friends, from the landscape, from all what we have? No way. Maybe the only one thing who makes someone leave from all his environment is the love. If you feel in love with someone, yes, this is so naturally, we are, this is beyond explanation. You can <laughs> live wherever that your love But we is. love our homes and our but families. We love our home. We really love our home, our family, our community. Our life is there. And this is the, the mm. kind of passion that we uh, need to instill in the people here uh, in the Davos community, that if we love our common home and we really care about one another as human beings and as citizens of our larger earth, then mm -hmm. important is to really listen to people who understand what's happening to their environments and it also uh, understand ways in which we can move toward better solutions and correcting the course we're on of environmental degradation but really looking to find a naturally intelligent future. Absolutely. Let's go for the human intelligence. That's indigenous intelligence who can save the world. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for joining us every Wednesday and Friday morning at 9 a.m. GMT. You can find us at naturalintelligence.com and subscribe to our podcast. Thank you.